You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham. You can find me on Twitter at KOCO Carson. Fun show tonight, the night before the Thunder season starts. It's like Christmas for me, and I'm sure it's Chris like Christmas for my guest. Joining me is West is it Wes or Weston Shepherd? It is Weston Shepherd, yes. Weston Shepherd. He runs the Up the Thunder account on Twitter. I'm sure if you like the Thunder, you follow them. If anything happens remotely interesting regarding the Thunder, it is on Up the Thunder's Twitter account. <laughs> it is on Daily and they've partnered with Daily Thunder, which is really cool too. But uh thanks for joining me, Weston. This can be fun. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, how's everything going with uh, Up the Thunder? And I, I saw you guys are partnered now with Daily Thunder, churning out some daily content. Just how's all that going for you? It's going well. Um, you know, it, it kind of started about five years ago as a as a Twitter account, and things have snowballed from there. So uh, we're not holding back, just letting it happen. Uh, it's it's exciting. And it's you and your buddy Dylan, right? Did you guys just want to tweet about the Thunder? Is that kind of how it all got started? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, we both have, obviously, we both have personal Twitter accounts and decided not to drive our friends and family crazy with um, nonstop um, <laughs> tweets about basketball. And it, you know, just kind of went from there. Um, we've been fortunate enough to to have uh, several people kind of come on board and, and help us out and, and just a really solid group of people that, kind of get what we're doing and, and really help us drive this thing forward. And like I said, we're just um, saying yes to opportunities and, and letting it happen. It's It's been exciting. Well, you got to be excited about the season coming up tomorrow night against the Knicks. Uh, just how fired up are you for the season? And will you be there to give Ennis Cantor a standing ovation? I will not be there, but uh, um, as you know, uh, Andrew Select is, is involved with with Daily Thunder, and he's going to be there covering the game for us, so um, I'm going to have him yell some things at Ennis for me. <laughs> um, but but really excited, really excited about it. You know, after last season, you know, there was a lot of questions um, about you know, what this team would look like if if Russell Westbrook would even be on it. Um, so just the way this has all unfolded has been incredible, and I, I kind of have to pinch myself um, at times to remind myself it's real. It still doesn't seem real, does it, that Paul George and Carmelo Anthony will wear a Thunder uniform alongside Russell Westbrook? No, it, it doesn't feel real at all. And I was uh, at Media Day, and, and you know Carmelo Anthony walks in the room, and it, it's just this really dumbfounding feeling that, that overtakes your body. It's just, I, this doesn't feel right. He's wearing a Thunder jersey and, and with a hoodie on underneath it, no less. So uh, it, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, not only did we get to see Mello, we got to see hoodie. We got to see two two alter egos. We got to see regular Carmelo and and hoodie Mello. It's gonna be interesting to see if he actually busts out the hoodie on the sideline. I'm sure he will on the sideline, but probably not in the game. But um, I can't. I can't wait. It's I gonna just can't be. Wait. It's gonna be awesome. And uh, you wrote a piece for Daily Thunder. I kind of wanted to get into that with you. Twenty five statements made with extreme confidence. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This used to be thirty five statements, did it not? It was 35 uh, back when Royce <laughs> did it, but for uh, undisclosed reasons, that uh, number is no longer of importance. I, I should say uh, PJ Dozier is, is very important, but um, changed it for obvious reasons. Yeah, you could have made it, you know, in honor of PJ, uh, PJ Dozier, 35 statements. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, you know, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of time. I don't uh, want to add more pressure than he's already got. 
Okay, I agree with you. Uh, I'll kind of want to run down them, and I'll, I'll tell you if I agree or disagree. Uh, first one, Russell Westbrook will record 18 triple-doubles. Isn't that the number he had uh, the year prior to last? Is that correct? Yeah, which is why I, I kind of feel like a regression to some incredible mean is is in in store here. Um, 18 feels like nothing at all compared to 42, uh, obviously. Um, but, you, you know, he did it in 2015 16 had 18 of them and it was the most anyone had in a season in like 20 years or something crazy so um 18 is still a lot i i think we're a little bit spoiled in expecting uh some crazy number but uh th- there would still be quite a bit yeah like i originally wanted to say under this because of the rebounding and all that with steven adams but I think Russell is going to get a lot of these just by being Russell, just by being awesome, just not necessarily trying to get a triple-double, but just, you know, they all know, we all know Russell's a great rebounder anyway. So I I tend to agree. I think he will get probably over 18 for me, which is still a stunning number. Absolutely, and he's just a maniac. So, you know, I would feel absolutely comfortable if it was 10 to 12, which is, you know, still an insane season by anyone's standards. Um, but I went with 18 just because it, it, he's going to do Russell Westbrook stuff. Yeah, he, he's awesome. <laughs> so, he might, he is. so he might get him on accident. Um, number two, Thunder finally have three All-Stars because they got really close back when James Harden was on the team. But you think uh, Carmelo will get the, the popular vote to get him in? Yeah, you know, it, the West is insane, as you well know. And I don't necessarily know if he'll deserve it, Um which is not me saying Carmelo Anthony is not an all-star caliber player, uh, but it's just, um, it'll be really hard. But, but like I said, in the, in the piece, he's extremely, extremely popular. Fans are going to vote for him. And, you know, just with, with everything going on in Oklahoma city and all the buzz, I I think it actually happens this time. I've, I've been waiting on it for a while. Yeah. I, I originally didn't think he would make it. Um, but the way you put it, I mean, he made it as a New York Nick, one of the most, you know, worst teams in the league and no visibility hardly at all. Now that he's going to be on a, an awesome team in the West, we all know how popular the Thunder are league-wide, and I think he might be right. I mean, it would be kind of crazy to have Carmelo in the starting lineup but instead of the other two guys, but uh, right. I think I agree on that one as well. Um, number three, Andre Robertson makes first team all defense. I kind of thought he got robbed last year playing, you know, since he played the three. Uh, I think if he slides into the shooting guard spot, which is the case you make, he can he can make first team. Yeah, you know, the first team all defense last season had Chris Paul and Patrick Beverly in it. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, he was up against guys like Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard. And there wasn't a real argument that I could make that he deserved it over either one of those guys. Uh, but, you know, going up against someone like Patrick Beverly, who is a great defender, but um, I, I think this is the year Andre does it, and there will be so much less pressure on him on offense that his strengths will really be magnified. And uh, I, I think he gets it. He was, uh, you know, close last season, and um, this is his time. I, I think so. Yeah, and I I, I, th- I agree. So we're three for three, but I think it was kind of it was kind of a technicality, wasn't it? Because he he was listed obviously as a small forward, as you mentioned, but he was really guarding the best two guards a lot of the year. I, I think if you broke up his minutes played i think he may have guarded shooting guards more than small forwards he'll pretty much guard anyone that you know well at least last season and and before that even the best player on any team that the thunder's facing so whether it be a shooting guard or a small forward he'll he'll guard them all it'll be interesting to see how that works with paul george who's also you know a really great perimeter defender um if they'll argue over who gets to guard the the kds of this world but 
um, yeah, you know, he uh, got into a bad situation last year, you know, being categorized as a forward, but that shooting guard spot makes a lot more sense. For sure, for sure. Number four, Thunder gets one against Golden State. They went 0-4 last year. Uh, they got blown out, most of them, but you think they'll get one this year, huh? I think so, and it, it's difficult to say because, you know, there was a, several games, obviously even last night, Golden State lost a game, and they seem to get a little lackadaisical against certain teams at certain points in the season. That was never the case last season because obviously Kevin Durant wanted to, you know, rip our heads off and throw it at our bodies, but <laughs> it was just kind of how it worked out. But, but I think Russell Westbrook has the, the team this season to actually pull it off. Um, so uh, yeah, at least one, it, it, one in three, even, especially if it comes in Oklahoma city, uh, that will do a lot just for people's hearts and minds around here. Yeah, and you got to think, even though it'll be a regular season game uh, or two in Oklahoma City, that those atmospheres once again will be like total like Western Conference Final playoff type atmospheres. Anytime Kevin comes to town, that's only going to help. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine. Last season it was not fair uh, to watch, and it still might not be just because of you know what they have up there. But um, this is just a much more evenly matched uh two teams so i i'm looking forward to it and i think we'll get at least one we're four for four we're in agreement so far uh number five number five kind of leads you to your next point here the point you were making kevin durant will be mercilessly booed in oklahoma city yet again yeah and i don't know how long this is going to last maybe it lasts forever um I kind of thought that maybe this was all starting to go away. Not fully, but we had an offseason full of just odd Kevin Durant behavior um, with obvious um, connections to Oklahoma City in there with his burner Twitter accounts and not being able to win a championship with those cats' comments. So, um, yeah, I think he gets booed again. I think maybe the fan base as a whole should start to move away from the cupcake thing since he – embrace that so much and he's selling shoes that are you know red velvet themed or kind of patting his pockets at this point um but the booze should continue to rain down I, I expect that they will yeah i think kevin's kind of given the crowd new fodder you can have like uh stuffed cats in the crowd you can have like a burner phone up in the crowd i think <laughs> new new material for kevin this year hey just keep it coming kevin like let's let's keep it going we need signs and t-shirts and uh, as long as he's doing that stuff, we'll have no shortage. And you know what bothered me last year with you know the was the national outcry like oh my god how could they how could they boo a guy who gave them gave them nine years of service and I I just think like what if Kevin had played for instance on like the New York Knicks and done the same thing and came back what would the crowd in New York been like I feel like people just said oh it's little old Oklahoma City how dare they be mad at Kevin just can you imagine just if that was in a major market or how New York fans would have treated him, it would have been even worse. It was unbelievable. You're absolutely right. It was very self-righteous behavior from a lot of people that, that had a comment like that. It's, it does, just, you know, leave it alone. This, this is going to work itself out, but there's some, some things that need to be done here, including booing him. Yeah, he, he's getting booed. That's, that's a mortal lock. Of all these, that's a lock. Uh, <laughs> I believe it. Uh, number six, I'm really excited about this one. Alex Abrinas will make 175 three-pointers. That would put him, I looked it up last year, that would have made him 17th in the league in three-pointers made. Yeah, and you know, it's it's it sounds like a lot, uh, but, but really it's just a little over two a game. And uh, he got a lot stronger as the season went on. Um, like I mentioned in the piece, he, he shot 42% from downtown after the month of December. And, you know, there was also, you know, 
brief stretches where he wasn't playing early on. So, um, you know, having, you know, a steady place in the rotation and what I assume will be a lot of open looks, this really shouldn't be that difficult, but I think it's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. And people forget, you know, almost that he was a rookie, you know, he was still learning how to play at the NBA level. And, uh, I think health will be, will be key on this. You know, he's already dealing with a knee injury coming into this season, but if he's healthy, you're right. He caught fire there. The last game of the regular season, I think against the Bucks, he hit like five threes before he got hurt again. So if he's healthy, I think he'll hit this one as well. I, I love the guy, I, everything about it. And, you know, it, I guess the last person that, that shot what I assume Alex will shoot like the season would be a, a Kevin Martin type player, someone that can shoot 40% plus from the shooting guard position. So I, I it's been an obvious weakness on the team for a long time. And, uh, I, I'm really excited about the guy. No arguments from me. I think he's going to have a huge year. Uh, so we're still in agreement. Number seven, Billy Donovan <laughs> will break the record for most times using very in one sentence. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard this, but Billy has a very strange, um, I don't know if it's like a tick, but he he says very, uh, I guess I should say very often. Uh, he, <laughs> he might go on a roll of two, three, sometimes even four times in a row saying very. Um, when he's describing something, Russell played very, very, very well. And I, I think this year with everything going on, the excitement, he just loses control and says it <laughs> 10, 12 times. He's going to be like, Carmelo, Paul George, and Russell are very, 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 very fun to coach. Probably. Mm, to, <laughs> just have to shake him and make him stop. <laughs> that's that's a go-to word of his. Uh, deep paint and pick-and-roll coverages are some of his other buzz phrases. I would I would add to that list, too. I love it. His vernacular in general. Just his... his um, his accent, everything. It's the way he says fourth. I don't even know if I can correctly do it, but pay attention to that also. I love when he F- says fourth. Foth? Does he say like both? Yeah, it's, a, it's like a, it's a very mobbish East Coast um, sort of thing. I, I love it. Yeah, that's the New Yorker in him for sure. Uh, number eight, Westbrook will shoot 37% from three. Uh, oh. He shot, what, 34% last year? Right. Uh, and, you know, that was... I I thought that he would shoot 35% um, from three last season. He didn't quite get there, but he was shooting seven of them a game. So um, even that was was pretty good, comparatively speaking, to what he's done in the past. 37 seems like a lot, but I I really just hope that all this firepower uh, dissuades him from pulling the trigger on a lot of those. Yeah, and last year... He shot so many like late in the shot clock when the offense just had nothing going that you'd have to think he'll get much better looks. But uh, I think that would be a career high for him. So this is the, my first disagreement with you. I think he might I, go a little I, under that. I think that's just fine. I, I think anything 35 in the 35 area I'm happy with. I'm going with 37, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, for sure. I, I like the boldness. Um, number nine. I hope this is right. Dust him off. Nick Collison is going to play. You yep. said he played 20 games last year. That, that number stuns me. It felt like he played in like two last year. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like six minutes a game across the 20, so he wasn't playing a lot. Um, but, you know, he just even when he did play last season, he, he's never out of position. He never makes the wrong play. Um, without a true backup center, and, you know, granted, he's not <laughs> – true center in any sense but there, there should just be minutes available and, and I think he's the guy you put in there um, ahead of you know your Jeremy Grant or your Patrick Patterson in moments when you just need somebody that's going to do the right thing yeah they don't have a backup center really I mean Dakari Johnson's going to be in the G League so if you want a guy out there that's not going to you know get out of place I think Nick Collison does 
deserve some minutes. And I think I have a theory that Sam Presti said, Hey Nick, I know you want to retire, but just, just hang on. I got some stuff in the works right now. (laughs) (laughs) This is, you know, I I don't know how the season's going to play out, but I'm much more comfortable with Nick going out with at least some semblance of a shot. So um, I, I hated to see him not get a lot of play on a team that really wasn't going anywhere. So I'm excited that maybe this will be his final run on a team that, that has a chance to do some stuff. Mr. Thunder, I love it. Uh, number 10, I totally agree with this one. Jeremy Grant's three-point percentage will crater deep into Earth's crust. <laughs> yes. Yeah, 37% was just ridiculous from Jeremy. I mean, it was by far the highest of his career. He hasn't looked great shooting it in the preseason. Um, I just don't see him shooting anywhere close to that uh, this season. Yeah, I agree. It was a bit of an outlier for sure. Uh, number 11, Thunder Bench will keep its head above water. Yeah, how terrible was that last season? It what they didn't yeah, they fell off a cliff to the earth's crust whenever they had to play the bench last year. <laughs> it was it was really bad and I think just having a functional backup point guard changes everything. Um, you know, I'm sure I'll, um Samaj is a great kid, but but Raymond Felton is just going to be able to man that ship a lot better and you know, especially now that the team has added Carmelo Having Patrick Patterson in the second unit um, really strengthens it. So I, I don't see there being that that dumpster fire um, fans turning off the TV set uh, when Russ goes to the bench sort of situation. Yeah, and it was it was most stark against the Rockets in the playoffs. It, it reminded me so much, Weston, of like say you're at, you're playing like a pickup game and one guy is just so much better than everyone else. <laughs> that was the Thunder with Russ, but like once he had to sit, they just had no chance at all. It was really eye opening. It was series. frustrating, really frustrating. And in one of those moments where you started to worry, like, yeah, I don't know how mad I could be if Russ decided to go somewhere else. So <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really glad that that situation is at least patched up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number 12, probably the funniest one of the bunch. <laughs> Ennis Cantor will pass the ball to Russ at least once. Yeah, I'm assuming it happens pretty early on tomorrow night. I, he loves Russ and um, you know, like I mentioned, if Russ is open and this is going to pass him the ball, I don't think it, it's even a, even a question. Uh, that would be hilarious. And <laughs> I put the over-under on amount of hugs given from Ennis to Russ at like five, just throughout the oh, game. I, I hope so. I know I, I read a, you know interview with Ennis a couple weeks ago where he was worried that, that Russ would act like he didn't know who he was. I, I don't think that's going to be the issue with, with Ennis. I, I think that dude really endeared himself. Yeah, like I kind of thought when Scott Brooks came to town, Russ would just kind of wave and not do anything. Like Russ like made a point to like go over to him, hug him, right. talk to him. I think it'll be much the same with, with Ennis for sure. I hope so. And, and, you know, real quick aside, do you, do you think that – is there any shot of like an Ennis Canner standing ovation tomorrow night? I think it's a lock. I think it's – I mean, because let's think about it. You know, Serge Ibaka got a, a nice ovation. I wouldn't call it a standing O. Yeah. Scott Brooks got like – two minutes worth of standing ovation. I think, I think the announcer will have to stop the ovation for Ennis. We'll have to say, all right, thanks everybody. Like to, to quiet it down. I think it's going to be deafening. I hope so. And he might cry. I might cry actually. I don't know. It won't be a dry eye in the house. I don't think. Better not be. <laughs> no, that's going to be fun and really a cool way to kick off the season. Obviously Ennis playing for the Knicks and Carmelo playing against his former team. I, I can't envision other than like the Warriors coming to town, a, a better start for sure. I agree. Uh, number thirteen. Will there be th- there? There will be three twenty point per game scorers. Yeah, you know, I I could easily see really 
either Carmelo or Paul George kind of taking the back seat and doing that 17 to 19 point per game thing. But um, I, I, I just think that the opportunities are going to be there. The looks are going to be there. All three of these guys can score at an incredible level. And I think they do it. I, I, I see no reason why it's not entirely possible. No, it's definitely possible. And I think the key will be, you know, how much does Melo run the second unit? That's where he can fill it up. How much will Paul George be able to be on the floor with Russell? Because I think Russell will just get him easy buckets all day long. So I think I think Billy's rotations will kind of really help or hurt this this number, though. I agree with that. Uh, 14, this is near and dear to my heart. Uh, Josh Hustis will deserve to play more. Now, he has deserved to play more over Kyle Singler in the past, but do you think he will deserve it and actually get to play this year? Well, I mean, he's active tomorrow. It's more than you can say for, for Singler, so that's a start. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that he's going to make his way and, and really jump into this regular rotation, but, but he only appeared in two games for the Thunder last season, and I, I really think that, that he's going to be able to find his way into, into these situations where he can give you eight to ten minutes here or there. Um, like I said, I don't think he's a regular rotation guy, but I mean, he's good, and I'm really worried that, uh, maybe the Thunder's the last team that realizes it and that he's going to become something somewhere else. So I really hope that, that he gets that opportunity, and, and I think he'll make the most of it. I agree. I mean, he it's now or never. I mean, they spent a first-round draft pick on him. He took less. He went to the D, the G League. It seems yeah. like it's now or never with him. And I, I think there's a real opportunity for him to play Weston when Andre Robertson is just having one of those games where it's getting embarrassing with his shooting and teams are just completely – ignoring him I think that's when you can kind of spell him for Josh Hustis for at least a few minutes just to keep the offense moving oh absolutely and that that last uh preseason game in Denver where he was like four of nine from deep and you know looked really good playing at power forward alongside Paul George I it really made sense for me there and you know there's no reason why he shouldn't get some minutes and at least give him a chance yeah, and Billy likes to play a lot of guys, so hopefully uh, we get to see Josh Hustis before he's scoring like 20 a game for the Spurs or something like that. <laughs> that is my absolute worst fear. <laughs> That's the worst case scenario. Uh, number 15, Stephen Adams will make his first career three-pointer. I got to say, this is bold. I, it is bold, but I've seen the, the clips from practice. He looks like he's practicing them. Um, they don't look terrible. He pulled up from mid-range in, in one of the preseason games. It didn't go in, but it look decent i don't know what sort of situation will have to arise for that to even become a possibility but i think he wants to shoot one bad enough that he'll pull up and he'll do it and i'm i'm going out there and i'm gonna say it. he's gonna he's gonna make one that's bold i will i will cheers you if if he does make <laughs> one of those and he Fair better enough. he better do the three guns if he makes one like throw, oh. throwback russell who knows what he's going to do if he makes one. He might just cartwheel down the court. I have no clue. <laughs> he might. Uh, 16, Patrick Patterson will shoot 45% on corner threes. That seems high to me. It does, but but he um, you know he shot 41% from corner last season in Toronto, um, and he didn't have the looks that he's going to have playing with some of these guys. I, I think just having Russell Westbrook storming the paint and kicking out um, it's just going to open up a brand new world for Patrick Patterson. He loves the corners. Um, it, it, he shot 42% from there a few years back. It's not a stretch to think that he could reach that point. Um, so, so I think that he's going to be a really valuable weapon. I think most people don't realize it just because they haven't seen him on the court yet. But he's a good shooter, and uh, he loves the corner, and he's going to camp out and 
they're going to get him open looks out there. Yeah, he's he's been far overlooked nationally as far as an addition to this team. And if, if he shoots 45% from the corners, that Thunder will be in business. Uh, number 17, P.J. Dozier will sell an inordinate amount of number 35 custom jerseys. Yeah, you got to get online and you got you know, to do the custom thing. But, you know, this, like we mentioned earlier, the fans getting creative when Durant comes back to town. This is a prime opportunity uh, to support number 35. Uh, which is obviously not Kevin Durant anymore. <laughs> uh, you might as well just like do the custom jersey with thirty-five and put like cupcake on the back. I, I don't know how I don't know how long Dozier will be here. <laughs> I don't assume he'll be around very long, but you know <laughs> the whole thing is crazy to me. I, it's it's wild. Yeah, I I didn't get the the uproar about it. I mean, the guy had a legit reason to wear it, so I didn't. I mean, it's they're not going to like keep it retired forever, so might as well just get the. Bad juju off it early, I guess. But I thought the national uproar was a little silly. Yeah, you know, that was kind of... I was a little bit opposed to it, mostly because it, it's this undrafted rookie. I don't really see the point in creating that sort of uproar mm-hmm. um, over someone that, that's most likely not ever going to play on the NBA roster, at least this season. So um, it was really overblown. Very overblown. And it is. It's a. It's a direct contrast to what the thunder have done in the past you know steven adams wore 13 in college most people don't remember this but he wanted 13 and they said no because of the james harden thing which i guess is still silly but he at least was like a part of the harden trade so i guess i kind of see where they were coming from that but then obviously the Dion waiters fiasco where he wanted 13 they didn't give it to him so it looks like they've kind of turned the page on holding out former numbers yeah, you know, they ended up giving 13 to, what was it, Nazar Mohammed. So it's like they'll they'll give it to you if you're probably not going to see any court time. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that must be the rule. <laughs> uh, number, number 19, Paul George and Russell Westbrook will both be on all NBA teams. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't think, um, I don't think either one will make the first team just because of how difficult that's going to be. And I think that, you know, Anthony and, and George and Westbrook are all going to cannibalize each other's numbers enough to kind of avoid anyone reaching that level. But Westbrook is going to have insane numbers because he's Russell Westbrook. I think he gets onto a second team. And I think Paul George is going to have a really efficient season. I think he's, you know, obviously a, that caliber player anyway. And having these sort of teammates and these sort of opportunities uh, really should allow him to to jump right back into the all. NBA level. Yeah, I agree with you. Stephen James will probably Stephen James Harden will probably be first team for Russ. And then um, I think I agree with you. I think Paul, people are, have like forgotten how good Paul George is. It's it's kind of weird. Like people are like, yeah, he's a he's an All Star caliber player, but it almost like they're not factoring him into like win totals and stuff because like the Vegas over under win total is still right at fifty two and a half, which to me is crazy. Yeah, you know, it, it. I think it kind of got easy there towards the end uh, to forget how good Paul George was just because the Pacers weren't getting a ton of national games. They haven't really been that good. But Paul George is, is that good, it, and I, I think it's not going to take very long for, for people to remember that, and uh, he's going to open up some eyes pretty quick. Number 20, Thunder win the Northwest Division by four games, followed by Minnesota. Yeah, I think the the Timberwolves will will make it a race there for a while. Um, I don't think the Thunder will have any issue uh, closing that out, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a tight division. Denver's improved. Uh, I don't really know what to expect out of Utah and Portland is just it's roulette. So um, with with them, so we'll we'll see. But I think Thunder will lock up the division. 
Yeah, Minnesota's going to be a problem. Now, I do think people have gone a little overboard on them. I remember when they got Jimmy Butler, people were already like putting them up in the top three or four of the West. Yeah. I still got to see them, but they're, they're definitely going to be a problem more so than they have been in the past. No uh, number 21, Russell Westbrook will not win back-to-back MVPs. No, and, and I think that obviously that's just fine. He, he won MVP last season. He had these otherworldly numbers and uh, was incredible, but he doesn't have to do that again. And I, I, I think that's just fine. And uh, there are going to be some guys that are, that are going to look really good, obviously, and I think LeBron James just has the narrative. Um, to do it with with Kyrie kind of spurning him and and going off to do his own thing, LeBron will you know take the Cavs back and do what he does and and win MVP. Yeah, I think a lot of voters will try to correct how many MVPs LeBron has. That'll be a big narrative. Like this guy should have won more than he has. We can all agree on that. And I do think James Harden might get some sympathy votes for not winning it last year too. So I, I think you're right on the money there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like you said, LeBron has the argument that he should have won it every single year for the past <laughs> 10 years, so um, I have no problem throwing him a bone. You got the Thunder's record, number 22. OKC will have a 54-28 and 28 record in the regular season. You got him at 54 wins. Yeah, yeah, which is seven more than last season, and, and when you look at the newcomers, you, you think, ah, they're worth more than seven wins. I, I think this allows for enough wiggle room with with just the growing pains that I think are going to be very real and and that's okay. Um, I think that if you listen to Sam Presti talk, he's always big about as long as we're playing our best basketball by the end of the season, I'm not that worried about it. And I think that's really just going to be the game plan again. Billy D's going to tinker. He's going to frustrate us. And uh, we're going to be told not to worry about it all along. They'll finish with a, what I perceive to be a great record and, um, and they'll roll into the playoffs with uh, some strength behind them. Yeah, I agree about this. I think they're going to get off to a bit of a slow start by their, by their standard. I'm not saying they're going to go, you know, 3-20 and 20 to start the year or anything like that, but I do think no. they'll get off to a slow start. But 54 is a reasonable reasonable prediction. I got them at 58 just because I think they're just going to overpower teams with their offense and just who they have on their team. But 54 is reasonable. Uh, I number, hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, I – I might be getting a little overboard picking 58, but I just think they're going to be so good. Um, number 23, Thunder will finish third in the West. You get them at number three spot. Yeah, I think the Warriors, uh, for the obvious first pick uh, in Houston, is, is really good, um, will be really good, and, and then Oklahoma City followed by San Antonio. And I did make sure to mention that Pop's probably going to somehow pull 60 wins out of thin air and, and make me <laughs> eat my words. Uh, but uh, right now I, I feel pretty confident and safe in, with the three seed, and that also avoids the Warriors in the, uh, in the you know before the Western Conference Finals. So I'm good yeah, with it. I, I like that too. I just I know we've been predicting the Spurs' demise forever, but I think Kawhi being out to start the year is not a good sign. And obviously Tony Parker, they're not going to have him till you know mid with January somewhere of that nature. Yeah, and but you know Pop is the Night King. He will raise his <laughs> army of the dead at some point. And make a trade for like a bag of balls for Josh Hustis, who will score 30 points a game. <laughs> and uh, I will hate my life. <laughs> uh, last two, Warriors will eliminate Oklahoma City in six games in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and, you know, obviously I would love to just do the, you know, Oklahoma City is going to beat the Warriors in the Western Conference Finals and win their first title and, and all this and that. It, I don't think it's realistic. I, I think if the team makes the Western Conference Finals, um, and, and pushes the Warriors to to six games. It, you know, seven games would be ideal. Um, winning would be ideal, but um, that's just the most realistic for me is 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 making the the conference finals and, and bowing out at that point. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I think they're making the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I think six would be a a great series for them. Uh, I might put it at five just because the Warriors are so good. But right. I do I do think the Thunder can pose a lot of problems for the Warriors just with their lineups they can throw at them. They can go small much better than they could ever before, which I think is going to be huge because before you know they couldn't even play their you know what fourth or fifth best player in Ennis Cantor. So I think right. just their ability to go small will give I think the Warriors the most problems of maybe anybody in the league barring LeBron James. Yeah, and you know, it, it, no one should be expected to beat the Warriors. Um, you never know what's going to happen. Like barring injury, I don't think it happens. But I, I love the way this team is constructed right now, and and I'm confident that they can at least make it interesting. Can you envision? Just bear with me here. Just let's go. Let's go into fantasy world. The Thunder, the Thunder eliminate the Warriors in Oklahoma City. What does that? <laughs> what does that look like? Um, I, I'm assuming the city burns to the ground. Uh, I don't really know <laughs> what the fan base would do. I think it would just be mass chaos in the streets. Uh, I would love to be a part of it. Um, but, but no, I have no clue. It, it would be pandemonium. And I, that's just hard to comprehend. Can you imagine though, like Kevin Durant, like walking off the floor after they had been eliminated in Oklahoma city? That, that to me is just an unreal visual that would happen if it, if it did. That that would be. I mean, I'm assuming that this whole thirty for thirty is going to be insane anyway. That scene alone is the pinnacle of the entire thing. Just roll the credits. That's it. That's all you got to do. Even, it does not even, matter. Yeah, doesn't even matter if they win the title, right? Uh, number twenty-five. The band will stick together, if only for short terms. So you think they can keep the big three in Oklahoma City? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got Russ locked in um, for the long term, which is you know a huge. Um, I mean, just. That obstacle's out of the way. Um, Carmelo has a you know substantial player option uh, for 2018-19 worth 28 million. I don't think that he's going to get that anywhere else. So uh, it makes sense that he would um, you know pick that up unless he just absolutely hates it and the, and the team falls apart. That makes sense to me. So really, it, it rolls down to to Paul George and what he does. And I think that you know if what we just talked about was correct and and the Thunder can you know, make the Western Conference Finals, um, there's no reason for him to bolt just yet because I, I think there's enough reason for him to, to re-up. He doesn't have to sign a long-term deal. Um, you know, maybe stick around for a year or two and see um, what happens. Um, but at that point, I, I think the team has done enough to, to keep him around and, and keep all three of the guys together uh, for a little bit longer. Yeah, I I think you make a lot of sense. And I think the the scenario that was kind of looming, obviously, with Paul George was the Lakers and what if LeBron goes there? Well, well, now that the Thunder have locked up Russell and they presumably will be able to keep Carmelo, I think Paul George has a real decision to make, even if it comes down to just the fact of LeBron versus Russell Westbrook. Because let's face it, LeBron is 33 years old, going to be going turning 34 next year. Do you hitch your wagon to a 34-year-old LeBron, who's still LeBron, obviously, or do you hook it up to Russell, who is just now entering his prime? That, to me, I almost tend to think, as crazy as it sounds, I think I would want to hitch my wagon to Russell. It, it, yeah, and that's a that's a great point. And, and what what do you even have in Los Angeles outside of LeBron in that situation? Obviously, you've got a lot of really young pieces, but is that is that going to materialize quick enough while LeBron is still LeBron? to even uh, make that a better situation than what Russ and, and the Thunder can provide. So I'm not that worried about the Lakers. It, it might be sentimental, and, and we can't compete with that. 
but yeah, I think your argument's right on the money. Yeah, and I think making the Western Conference Finals will be absolutely crucial. If they do that, I think it'll be really hard for them to uh, to walk away. Hey, Weston, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you uh, joining me. Where can we follow you at on all your social media accounts? Uh, you can uh, you can catch me at Up the Thunder at Up the Thunder, um, doing some work obviously at Daily Thunder. So um, not too hard to find, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. No problem, man. Uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you later in the season. Thanks for again for coming on uh, Locked on Thunder. Definitely. Appreciate it.